back to Willard. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. Okay, staff, I will. And yes, all things, especially if their initials are CC, are worth consideration. Sabathia. Um, Shout out Vallejo. CC Sabathia would have been nice back in the day. Carlos Correa right now would be much nicer. Willard and Dibs, uh, very, very glad you're with us. Back to your phone calls, especially on the Giants offseason in moments at 888-957-9570. But not before we get the insight on exactly what is going on as the winter meetings continue down in San Diego and the great Buster Olney of ESPN hops on to talk it all out. Buster, busy week. Glad to have you. What's going on, man? Yeah, it was uh, a crazy week uh, of moves, and there's still some big moves to happen. But, man, just when you look at the total tab that teams have uh, run up with these contracts with players, pretty amazing, and it really tells you that the sport's in a good place. Yeah, I mean, we want to get to that on a, on a bunch of fronts. It's really been breathtaking, everyone getting paid till they're 40. But we want to hop right to what is big and in the moment. What's the Carlos Correa market? What's the likelihood of Giants? What's the timing? So from what I understand, um, the Giants haven't really gotten too deeply into the Correa conversations yet in terms of dollars. You know, they met with Correa uh, down in San Diego. You know, Scott Boris represents him. They, you know, had teams going through a suite. Um, you know, they're, the teams that we've talked about so much are the Cubs. You know, the Twins with Carlos last year, they won him back. The Red Sox, in theory, would have a, you know, a spot for a shortstop. The team I'm watching at the moment, the Yankees, because I'm definitely picking up a lot of vibes there that, yeah, they signed Aaron Judge to that $360 million deal, but they're working on something big. And I wish I could tell you exactly what that was. But, I mean, Carlos Correa, let's face it, that would be uh, among the available free agents. That would be the biggest way to go. And we know that uh, Hal Steinbrenner, the Yankees owner, you know, met twice with, with Judge in Tampa, spoke with him to finish the deal the other day. And he essentially, in so many words, you know, told him that they were going to do everything they could to win. This is total speculation on my part. I don't have, have that confirmed. But I just know they're working on something big, and maybe it's Carlos. That would be a gut punch, oh. number two. A second gut punch for the Giants to miss out on Judge and Correa and have them both land with the Yankees. How desperate are the Giants feeling in terms of not only getting Correa, but potentially landing somebody else near the top of the free agent list? Yeah, I, I, when, you know, I've had conversations with folks uh, you know, in the last 48 hours about that with the Giants. And I didn't get a, a you know a sense of desperation per se. Um, I, in fact, I had a, a sense more of a sense of because the conversation one of them was about Aaron Judge. It was more of a sense of resignation. I can tell you that even when the the Giants planned to make this run and they were talking about it internally in the middle of the summer, they thought it was a long shot. Um, and, and you know, I, I really think it came down to whether or not the Yankees came out from behind their bunker with a white flag with Judge and said, okay, you're right, we're wrong, we'll give you whatever you want. If the, if the Giants had separated themselves, say you know, they were 360 and the Yankees had offered 250, 280, I, I think Judge would have gone to the Giants. Hmm. Um, but what I got back the other day was they really enjoyed the meeting with Judge last week. They thought he was earnest. And I, I absolutely, knowing him too, I, I think he was. 
But I think where the numbers fell with the Yankees, if the if the Giants were to actually have a shot, I think they would have had to offer four hundred fifty million north of that. They would have had to separate themselves in a big way in order to coax him, to, you know, coax him out of out of New York. Buster only with us here on Willard and Dibs. You use the word resignation in talking with the Giants. Uh, here, here's my question, Buster. I'm, I, I would, I would think they know this, but they, they've talked for so long about having the finances to get in the game with any conversation, wanting to adjust their philosophy to really be a factor at the top of the market. Because they've said that publicly and because they were boring and 500 and disappointing last year, do you also get the sense when you talk to them, I'm scared of the word resignation because... Do you think that they understand that if they simply come home from this offseason with Mitch Haniger, they're looking at a livid fan base? And, and I would agree with you. Um, I, I would say this, you know, and I have not had this discussion with Farhan, uh, you know, directly. But, I, I, you know, my conversation with him would, would probably be around, hey, look what, you know, look who's landing the elite players in this market, the players that, you know, can be the face of the franchise. The Yankees' offer in spring training was two hundred thirteen and a half. They increased that by seventy percent. Uh, you know, the, the Philadelphia Phillies offered Trey Turner three hundred million dollars. The Padres shocked the baseball world by offering Bogarts three times what the Red Sox offered him in the spring. So I think if I had a you know sat down for lunch with Farhan, I'd say, boy. The one thing that's pretty clear this winter, if you're going to sign one of those face of the franchise guys, you're going to have to make a deal that's really, really uncomfortable. You're going to have to give them a number that you wouldn't have imagined six months ago giving them. Because guess what? That's who's getting these guys. You're not getting these guys with a you know a deal where it feels like it's market friendly or you outsmart the other teams. You have to go to a place that probably makes you lose sleep at night. Um, and until they do that, you know, and if their their hope is to get Correa, uh, I, I suspect, given the fact that, I mean, think about this. The Padres, before they signed Xander Bogarts, they offered Trey Turner the biggest contract for any shortstop in the history of the game, $342 million. And this is someone who's not considered to be a good defender. And so if you're Scott Boris, you're seeing the trends in the market, you represent Correa. You're thinking you got a shot at $400 million, okay? And that would be the sort of number that would make baseball executives, it would have made them six months ago, uh, you know, shake and, and shudder. But that's where we are. And if you're the Giants, you got to start thinking about that number. If you're the, you know, the Red Sox and you want to make up for some of your mistakes, you got to think about that number. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, and those to me are the, right now, the two big guys in the marketplace with uh, Dansby Swanson being another one, but I think Dansby's going to be a lot less expensive than Correa. And do you think Dansby goes first? I know they're both Boris clients, but is there the sense that Correa wants to be the fourth of the big four shortstops to go and thus have his market go even higher than it already astronomically is? Well, not to be captain, uh, you know, nitpick, um, Dansby's represented by XL. Uh, Casey Close is different than Boris. Ah, sorry. But, you know, Dans Dansby, um, you know, he may go on his own trajectory because he, of course, has the offer in hand from the Atlanta Braves. Um, I I I've been watching the Chicago Cubs. I think he fits what they're trying to do, which is to build a really good defensive team. You know, that's why they signed Cody Bellinger, who's a good defender in center field. 
Nico Horner, you know, if they signed a shortstop, would slide over to second. That would be an awesome middle of the infield. Um, you know, and I do wonder about the Red Sox, who are just getting hammered in their home market uh, by their fan base over the departure of Betts a few years ago and now Bogarts. Um, I, I don't think that they're related. I think that in the case of Correa, Boris is going to market him um, much in the same way. Remember, you know, the way he's done Harper. He did Bryce Harper in the past, where if he has to wait... Uh, and wait and wait for a desperate owner to meet his price. I think he's going to do that, and I'm guessing that this week's, um, you know, this week's movement probably will embolden him. And on top of that, in this game of shortstop musical chairs, guys, there there are more buyers than there are are elite shortstops. There are two elite guys left on the board. And there are about four or five teams that could use that player. Buster only with us here, Weather and Dibs, ninety-five-seven. The game, Buster. What's going on with Carlos Rodon? How does this play out? Yeah, the Yankees are involved in that. Uh, I think now that the Mets have blown through the uh, the luxury tax threshold uh, led by the richest owner of baseball, Steve Cohen, I don't think we can rule them out either. Um, you know, one of the, <laughs> you know the Mets have always been a, a big market team that conducted their business like a mid market team. Well, that changed when Steve Cohen bought the club. We've never seen a full-on bidding war between the Mets and the Yankees over a player, we might actually be in the midst of one with Rodon. Uh, You know, he's looking for a six-year deal. He's, I I think, going to be in a great position to get that uh, because he's far and away the best available guy on the board. Chris Bassett, I think, is also going to do really well. So if the Giants don't get Correa and Rodon already opted out, so he's likely not coming there, to where does Farhan Zaidi pivot? A lot of pieces and parts, um, which is, you know, we saw the Giants last year. That's what they were, uh, you know, in the first year with that Buster Posey with Brandon Crawford having a down year uh, injury with a lot of injuries, Brandon Belt having a down year, because that's probably, you know, what's left. And, I, and I'm and i just speculating here, you know, is Bassett going to be that guy because he's less expensive? Uh, you know, could you go and out and get the, the guy who hammered left-handed pitching in an A.J. Pollock? Um and I know that's not going to be as satisfying, and I don't think there's any doubt that it it wouldn't satisfy uh, you know the biggest desire I think within the organization, which is to get a guy that could be the face of the franchise going forward. You know, when we had a Sunday night baseball game with the Giants this year, in preparing for that, Eduardo Perez, you know, asked the rest of us in a Zoom call, uh, whose jersey is a ten year old fan buying right now in this roster? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a question that hasn't been answered yet. And, and, and maybe, you know, at some point this winter, if the Giants don't get one of these big fish that are remaining on the market, uh, you know, Correa certainly would be that guy if they can land him. But if they don't get him or, uh, you know, another big name in a trade, then I think a lot of teams will start to think about two names. Shohei Otani, who I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be a free agent next fall. And then there's Rafael Devers, uh, who is now in a position of incredible leverage in his talks with the Red Sox. He may follow Betts and Bogarts out the door. Buster, fair or foul that this has become sort of a a characteristic of the Giants in the minds of fans because they've tried. uh, They've finished in second place on so many big names. Judge, Harper, go back to Giancarlo Stanton. Why don't players, offensive players, seem like they want to come to San Francisco? Well, maybe it's that, you know, the feeling of, uh, and I'm, 
you know, I haven't had players say this to me, but the, it does have a reputation as being a place where uh, you don't want to go because the, the offensive numbers can be depressed. Uh, which is interesting, of course, because the greatest offensive player we've ever seen played with the Giants <laughs> in that ball. Right. Um, and, you know, and I think that when teams are in that position, they don't have much choice other than to uh, outspend that perception. We're seeing the Padres do that. You know, we're seeing this winter, Peter Seidler, their owner basically is selling these free agents like Turner and then Judge, and then he finally landed Bogarts. Uh, look, we're going to do whatever it takes. And suddenly you have the Padres with a roster with Machado and Juan Soto and, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. and, and now Xander Bogart. I think that's what it's going to take in this current marketplace. If you want to get one of those guys, you got to go to a place that uh, makes you cringe. I tell you what, uh, a lot of fans are going to cringe if the Giants don't go to that place. So uh, that that's kind of that's kind of what we're looking at, Buster. Uh, I know it's such a busy time. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks, Buster. Absolutely, guys. And again, I, I don't I didn't mean to be nitpicky there, but I no, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you being Captain Nitpick, and uh, <laughs> you, you put me in my place, and you ruined Giants fans' weekend with the expression "pieces and parts." Yeah. I, okay. I, I, well, let's hope for better. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's. let's. <laughs> Thanks, Sounds Buster. like they're all going to be Yankees. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Buster. Um, Damn Yankees. Yeah, I, it, but boy, I mean, the idea. Pieces and parts. But, but, but before we do that, what if Judge Correa, and oh, by the way, Rodon, is the pitcher on opening day when the Giants visit the New York Yankees? I, I'm, I'm going to quote people on the YouTube feed who think that you threw up in your mouth a little bit during that interview. I did. <laughs> Gross. I did. I you mean, a toothbrush on not all really, three. but I, I no, do. But I, I feel nauseous. And the noise you made. I feel nauseous. It was a, ugh. but it was an ugh. It was like, <laughs> it was more than just it was an deep. Ugh. It was deep. It was deep. And I it went was, down it into my. Moist. I went down. In, yeah, I went down in the depths of my DNA. Change your name from Mark to Ralph, because that was yeah, very uncomfortable. Yeah. That was an uncomfortable conversation. It's one okay. Correa to the Yankees. Good God, please well, no. And then Rodon as the well, the Rod- cherry on the Sunday. Rodon to the Yankees. That's not a surprise. I've heard that. We we've we've absolutely heard that 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 the Yankees are working hard on Rodon. And I do want to, for those who are just joining, he did not say Correa is going to the Yankees. In fact, he didn't even tie the two names. He just said he's getting intel the Yankees are working on something big. Maybe it's Rodon. I I, I have no idea. Right. So he said that's not a report. He's not tying Correa to the Yankees. However, he did tie Correa to a couple of other teams that may have had further financial conversations. That doesn't really bother me, as the Padres showed you with Judge. If you've checked in on a player and you've done your pitch, you can show up at the 11th hour and be like, $800 million. You can do that, and you'll get the guy. What concerns me out of this is when he used the word resignation, his feeling in talking to Farhan. And not tied to Farhan's resignation. No, not not a job resignation. But the resignation that essentially they feel like they can't do this. And the reason that they may feel like they can't do it, it's not because they can't, it's because they won't. And if they cannot get themselves quickly to wrap their heads around this market, 
then you're right. And everyone's right. And they're going to do it again. And if they're going to, if after this year, it's one, th- I get it after a buck 07. I get it. You thought you were smart. And, and you were. I still think they're smart. But if you let that smarts go to your heads, and every year you go, <laughs> watch this. They spent $280 million. Watch us match them for 120 Do you understand? Nobody wants to buy watching that game. I got no interest in $13 Tony's Pizza yeah. to watch your brains. I don't want to watch your brains. If you want to put your brains on display, lower your tickets and your parking and your food right now because I will be here to watch Giants baseball, but nobody, nobody should be paying premium prices to watch you outsmart people. Yeah. We're here for baseball, not brains. Not the spreadsheet. You're right. And, you know, we're here for baseball, but we're also here for the sizzle and the pop because the majority of fans aren't like you, Mark, and you're not like... Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky. The majority of fans are, hey, what do you want to do? Let's go to the Giants. Aaron Judge is an exciting player. Or Carlos Correa. Or back in the day, it was like, hey, Lincecum's pitching a week from Wednesday. Do you want to go? Absolutely, I want to yep. go. I love yep. to watch that little freak throw the ball with the crazy windup. You know, you may not know every Giants player. You may not be able to recite the 40-man roster, but darn it. There's something to go see. And if you're going to hit me with pieces and parts, as Buster only said, and he also said you might be resigned to the fact that you can't make these deals, well, then we're in that same spot you talked about, Mark. No. Yeah. It's not okay. And and, and the main reason it's not okay is because you said you were going to do otherwise. I am a very big believer in this. Okay? I don't care who you are or what operation you run. You can have your philosophy. But you better go do what you say you're going to do. That's all this is. Like, that's all really life is with your friends, your family. Go do what you said you were going to do. And you told us repeatedly. And I'm one of the few over here who's not pinning quotes on you that you didn't say. But I remember the ones that you did say. You said there was no contract and no player that's out of our reach financially. We have the resources to be involved in every conversation. And then Buster Olney would suggest to us that the Giants are sitting there going, well, we didn't realize it was going to look like this. <laughs> Seriously. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. You already said we, are high, we have the resources to be involved in any conversation. You can't, after all this, show up to this party and go, oh, oh. Ooh, we didn't know it was going to cost that. Remember when you were younger and you went on that date with the girl and you, you wanted to go to a really nice restaurant to impress her and you're like, we're going to go to a really nice restaurant. And you get to the restaurant oh. and you get the menu and you open the menu. Oh my God, Oof. I'm getting a salad. That's kind of where the Giants are it's right like now. Every, it's like every high school kid who's taking the girl to the prom and they got the Velcro wallet. Yeah. And you pull the Velcro <laughs> wallet out and they're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, like what? Oh, wait, we're supposed to tip. Right. You got eight people, four different couples are there. And yeah. You got corsages on oh, and everything. God. And the server's going, oh, crap. I'm going to get a 2% tip on this thing. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what this feels like. You open up the menu and there are entrees, but there's no prices next to it. Ah, uh, excuse me. Ah, uh, how much is it for the uh, the chicken uh, the chicken parmesan? Uh, That'll be eighty seven dollars. I'll have a salad. 
and water? As usual. <laughs> We're not there yet. Oh, but. We're not there yet. But if that's where we end up, there's no other way to say this. It's not okay. You didn't do what you said you were going to do. And I know Buster said it. There's great competition for this. So there are teams that are going home empty-handed. But the Giants are not allowed to be one of them. Not this time. Not being one of the top seven brands in baseball. When you are the most financially flexible team in all of baseball. And you're coming off embarrassment. And, oh, by the way, the other NLS team that passed you went and got another one to become the first team in the history of baseball to have three offensive $300 million Jeez, players. Man. Now, Jesus, Farhan could sit here right now and go, okay, do, do you realize how stupid that is? Do you realize that one of those $300 million players missed half the season because he's roided up and injured and these deals are dumb and you're going to hate him? Maybe. You might be right. Sometimes you got to be a little dumb. And Buster used the expression uh, uncomfortable contract. And that's, no matter what Correa's contract is, the team that signs it, it's not going to be a comfortable, we got a bargain, 11 years and $360 million. So if the Giants aren't willing to get into that uncomfortable space, then you're going to be left with what Buster said, pieces and parts. How many successful people in life do you know who are like, so it didn't really work till I got out of my comfort zone? Uh, almost all of them. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, Farhan, I know what he's good at. I know how smart he is. I think Pete Patel is real smart. I think the Giants are run by smart people. But I thought that you told us that you were ready for a departure from some of your ways. And uh, so far, what we've seen is the exact same thing. So far, that's what we've seen. And until Correa's off the board... It's okay, and then once he is, unless it's a Giants logo next to it, then it's not. I love it. You're getting you're getting amped up. It's not I think okay. By Monday, if Correa, if Correa is elsewhere, well, this is Boris. It, this might be Valentine's Day before this thing ends. Well, who knows? Yeah. I, I can see your blood. It's starting to boil. It's not okay. It's starting to percolate. It's yeah. percolation sensation. If they over there. sign him in a half hour, I'm gonna text Buster and be like, "Dude, why'd you tick me off like that? Why'd you tell me? Because he did. Yeah, he did. Re- resignation." Oh, I don't like Pieces that. Pieces and parts is I what do, I took away. I do not like those words at all. All right, what's up next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. You can weigh in. Is it Correa or Bust? And, and, and if they don't get them, then what? 888-957-9570. We'll get to your phone calls. Steiny and Goo Loom, it is also a football Friday. Your Brock Purdy expectations are out of control. Niners still a Super Bowl contender. We'll get to it all next on Withered and Dibs. is Dante DiVincenzo. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. Okay, Dante. Uh, you take it away. Instead of having everybody take it away from you guys like the Jazz did at the end of the game the other night. <laughs> Here comes a stretch for the Warriors now. From tomorrow night, from now until Christmas, this is one hell of an eight-game stretch. Starting with Boston tomorrow and finishing with Memphis back at Chase Center on Christmas Day. I didn't know, man. I would take, <laughs> I would take four and four in a heartbeat. You'd probably take three and five in a couple of heartbeats. If yeah. I gave you three and five right now, because Bonte had the same uh, yeah. conversation, 
And he said, or, and actually it was Damon Bruce. I'm sorry, I listen to every show all day, every day here at 95.7 The Game. You're a P1. Damon said he would run to the window to purchase a 3-5 and five record over the next eight. Huh. That's hard for me to do. Just I'd like because, to see that, too. Yeah, I'd like just, to see Damon in motion. Because a Damon in motion <laughs> tends, yeah. well, yeah. doesn't stay in motion long. He's running right? to the window. Is he there yet? Dun, 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 How about now? Is, dun, he, is, is, is he there yet? Dun, 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 dun. All right, let me let me pull it up and, and, and let's pass it along for for listeners who don't have their schedule in front of them. Do, 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 do. Damon Bruce in um, motion. <laughs> one man. Uh, Boston tomorrow. Then the roadie goes: Milwaukee, Indiana, Philly, Toronto, New York, Brooklyn. Then back home for Memphis. So six of the eight are on the road. Yeah. Uh, there's not Two a, back-to-backs. Yeah, and there's not a bunny in there. I mean, not all those teams are great, but none of them are bunnies. Um, Here comes Peter Cottontail. You know, there's no Pistons. Um, gosh, would you run to the window for three and five? I think you would, Mark, because you got the Celtics tomorrow. Steph is, I don't know if he's officially questionable. Wiggins is out. That's and a problem. Boston's the best team in basketball. You go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's better than you. You stink on the road. What? Pacers second half of a back-to-back. You won't have Klay Thompson. Philadelphia is legit. Toronto's the one game on that road trip where you think, all right, the Warriors should win that one. Maybe you beat the Knicks too. Yeah, I mean, that's second half of back-to-back, and then the Grizz on Christmas. Feels to me like a two and six in the making. I mean, it's interesting that you separate a lot of these teams. Boston and Milwaukee, obviously. Outside of that, everybody you're talking about here is almost the exact same record. They're all around 500 teams, right. just like the Warriors. Brooklyn, 14 and 12. Indiana, 13 and 12. Toronto, 13 and 12. Philly, 12 and 12. Knicks, 12 and 13. Right. They're all the exact same team. Can the can the Warriors go three and three on the trip? I think they can split the home games. I'm going to say Boston wins, but they beat Memphis on Christmas Day. Ooh, look at you. Yeah. We win over Memphis. They beat Memphis on Christmas Day. They'll be I healthier agree. by then. I agree with you. I like their chances in any home game. But I don't frankly. like them going 3-3 three and three on the road, in particular because of the way the games line up. You've got the Pacers, second half of a back-to-back. Who knows who's going to play? You might sit everybody. Steph Curry. You might. Steph Curry's been resting. Klay Thompson, we know, won't play. Draymond's got a hip issue, and we don't even know if Wiggins will be available for any of these games. I'm going to answer your question this way, though. Would I run to the window for three and five? Boom, 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 boom. No. Would you saunter no. to the window for three and five? No, no. You're not I'm, going to the window for three and five. I'm holding out for four and four. Which I know. Mark oh boy, Willard, what an answer. Captain Positive, holding out <laughs> right. for four and four. Four and four. In a world where the Warriors simply don't win on the road, and they've got six games and nine nights, including two back-to-backs. Damon Bruce, Dan Dibley, fighting tooth and nail to get to the window to take three and five, while Mark Willard sits with his feet up in a Marka lounger. <laughs> Thank you. I hit the pause too. Lounger. You did. Appreciate you it. Did. Yeah. I'm going to go sit over here next to Scott <laughs> Boris and just watch for and a little just while. Just hang out. Just going to watch. See if I can come up with a pun here and there. Farhan and wide. Um, yeah. I think they can do it. I okay. do. No, I, I think they can I mean, do my, it. But... And the health is actually my only question. I, I think the, the Golden State Warriors, as they've been constructed the last few weeks, I think they're done with the whole, like, oh, my gosh, we got blown out because we have our blue jerseys on. Like, no, they're fine. They're fine. They're competitive on the road. These are not great teams. They're good. The Boston-Milwaukee thing, that's tough. 
That's tough, especially in the front half of this while they're not healthy. So that's really tough, and those teams are better than the Warriors are right now. But with the remainder of those games, can they scratch out wins in New York yeah. and Toronto and, and Philly or Brooklyn like... Yeah, they could scratch a couple of those out. Interesting yeah. to me, the New York-Brooklyn back-to-back, because we know that Clay Thompson doesn't play in back-to-backs. Yep. Might he sit the New York Knicks game in order to have a full complement to take on their old buddy Kevin Durant? I don't know. I mean, do you, differ- how, do you differentiate the Knicks and Nets in any way other than just it's Kevin? No, I mean, they're, yeah, but if, like, you're, if you're Steph, Clay, and Draymond, you would rather be full board to take on Kevin if you know that you're all not going to play in both, right? Right, but they're going to look at it the other way. Who's the team that you're more likely to beat if Clay plays? I think it's a coin toss. Do you? But I, I think Brooklyn's it's, better. Brooklyn's better than the Knicks. So maybe you look at it so, the other way and say, who could we maybe beat without Clay? And maybe if you sit those guys, you have a chance to beat the Knicks. Roll the dice. And you load up to, yeah. to get everyone against if, Brooklyn. If I'm looking at the way the Warriors usually play that, they usually play that and say, play Clay in the game that I think we can definitely win. Let's book the win. And then in the other game, take our chances. And if baby dubs have a nice night, then, uh, you know, hey, fun. It works out. Try not to lose the ball with two seconds left to go. You you're know what right. I mean? Yeah, I think you're right. But the Kevin Durant factor, I think, changes the calculus because... Maybe. It is KD, and I'm sure that you know Draymond and Steph and Clay all want to be full go to take on Kevin. Not that they've got any bitter rivalry with KD, but they want to play against KD. They want to compete against KD and company. Right. Um, hey, one other thing with the uh, the ex post Buster only factor uh, that just took place on this show a half hour ago, where he said, "A feels like the Yankees are working on something big. Maybe that's Carlos." Also said, Giants are not down the road in terms of money. He didn't say that they, he said they've met with Carlos Correa and Scott Boris a couple of times. They've not gone down the road with money yet. Now, let's push that up against Susan Slusser. I don't know if you saw what she said just last night. Quote, the consensus around the industry is that the Giants are in the driver's seat for Correa given their financial flexibility and need for a big name. But the Twins and Cubs are in the hunt, and it's likely that the Red Sox, after losing Xander Bogarts, will make a play for Correa, too. Correa is friends with Boston manager Alex Cora. There you go. Cora and Correa. You can't spell Correa without Cora. Correa and Cora. (laughs) And, uh, you know, Buster saying, Buster only saying that the Yankees certainly in the mix, and the one good piece might be what Buster also said about Dansby Swanson being a nice fit for the Cubs. So if the Cubs get out of the equation for Carlos Correa and it comes down to the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Giants, you feel like you're at least in it. But then again, it comes down to what Buster said, an <sighs> uncomfortable contract. No matter who signs Correa, you're going to have to give him probably 10-plus years and 320-plus million. Oh, it's north of 300. And, and, yes, and yeah. probably north of Susan, 10, right? Susan is predicting an 11-year deal, and yes, it will be north of what Trey Turner got. There's zero right. question about it. I had some people come down my road a couple of days ago with the whole, like, because I made the statement that Correa is clearly better than these other two shortstops. And, oh, wait, what about, and, you know, you had that list. What about war? Yeah. You know, Trey Turner's was 5'7", and Bogarts was 5'8", and Correa's only 5'4". Great. That's all the same. Here's the bottom line. I, I said back to each one of them, you want to bet? 
Which one gets the best contract? Carlos is the youngest. You're leaving that out of this conversation. Big piece. If you, right? Trey Turner's 30, and Xander's 30. Correa's 28. He's also a way better defensive player than at least Trey Turner is. Um, he's Carlos Correa. He's got a clubhouse reputation around the, the, the league. I know a lot of people say, oh, what about the cheating thing? This guy's won a World Series. He's got a good reputation as a teammate and a clubhouse presence. He's getting the biggest deal. So if he wants 11 years... That's going north of 300, and the Giants better do it. Uh, listen, my gear is all out on the front of the house. If you come home with Correa, Haniger, it doesn't even need to be Kodai Senga. I'm not going to act like I know what Kodai Senga is going to do, but you got to do a Chris Bassett or something, something in the rotation. You got to get Kodai Senga. And then one more right-handed bat, which could be a Will Myers. It could be an A.J. Pollock. You do that. You have a pat on the back, and let's go see what happens in spring training. But you come home with, as you, what did he call it? Pieces and parts? Pieces and parts. Are you burning jerseys? You're burning jerseys, aren't I you? I don't burn jerseys. You're burning jerseys, Willie? I don't have a fireplace, but. Yeah. Have lighter fluid. <laughs> Almost did last night, including with the Christmas tree. You don't want a beer? So close to burning everything. <laughs> Spadoni was just hot. So, it was you raining, were. unfortunately, you in were. Oakland, and it just couldn't do it. I got, I got to admit, brother, we were out to dinner. I, I was like, okay, Raiders are up 10. The Rams are stupid, whatever. We're going to dinner. I didn't even, I, I did the bathroom, right? Like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom. I really, really checked <laughs> the scores. <laughs> I'm like, watch it. What? What? You Baker? never scored again? Baker, you good? Oh, yeah, my God. Apparently he is. All right. Hey, I got a bone to pick with Guru. And I've got something that I'm going to put in Steiny's face that he's going to hate. <laughs> Huge butt. No, I'm not going to. That, that was the best tease ever. <laughs> I got something that's going to piss off Steiny, and you're going after Goo. That's coming up. Yep. What's up next <laughs> on the game? This is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises on Willard and Dibs. Hey, it's Ryan Rollins with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Make an appearance, dude. Let's go. Show up. So. I've reached the uh, Google News portion of the show. You got to Google it. <laughs> this is, you want to talk about things that reek of desperation. Uh, refreshing Twitter is one thing. And then when it just feels like, yeah, it's not, not going to happen. Like, we're, we're going to finish this week because you and I have about a half hour to go here. Yeah, yeah. We're going to finish this week without any news on the Giants landing a big free agent. So now I'm like, all right, what's everybody saying about it? Let's go to Google News because I know what Buster Olney said about it. We'll play some of it for you in just a second if you missed it. We know that Susan Slusser wrote last night that... The industry thought is the Giants have emerged as front runners for Carlos Correa. And I'm like, okay, but that's also, not that this is a bad thing, I think it's a good thing, but that's a Giants source. Susan is dialed in directly with the Giants. So, what are people saying outside of the market of San Francisco beyond just Buster Olney? Because that is just one person. Yeah. All right. So, I ended up in the New York Post article. Carlos Correa in prime free agency position with shortstop needy teams. You want to know who wrote this? Who? Who writes for the New York Post sometimes? John Heyman? <laughs> yep. Uh-oh. Oh, what's old Heyman have to say about Carlos Correa? Well, the Padres, $280 million deal for Bogarts, pretends Correa flying past $300 million. So it's no surprise that after that deal, the Twins lost a little confidence that they could keep him. 
Giants ownership is very involved following a steep attendance drop and seems intent on filling multiple holes and also hopeful to create a buzz. The Giants, in the words of a rival, quote, have to do something. Yeah. End quote. They do have to do something. Yeah. Then he says, however, there are five teams at least that are still seeking a shortstop. And, you know, Cubs and Red Sox and blah, 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 all the stuff we already know. So, look, a rival has already said, look, we know they've got to do something. Um, I've been pointing to this for a while so everyone knows because I know that it's easy for us to go Farhan this and Farhan that. This is way over Farhan's head. Right. This this boat is being driven by Giants ownership. They are desperate. They know that. So, uh, look, whatever the price is that someone else is willing to pay, you have to go beat it. You got to beat it because this isn't judge. There's no loyalty here. Just again, for the love of God, will you just be the high bidder, please? They're going to have to be because they're desperate. And that's just not the words from inside the market. That's words from outside the market. And you talked about John Heyman's piece and, quote, they have to do something. And that means you have to do something at the top of the free agent market. And he's the last one there. Carlos Rodon is out there, but I don't believe he's coming back. And other than that, Dansby Swanson, I don't think is coming to the Giants. So you start to go down the free agent board and... Having to do something does not mean Chris Bassett and Brandon Drury. I mean, those are nice players, but that's not the same splash that we're talking about. A splash that will help reverse the trend that the Giants have had in terms of attendance. Sadie and Goo are going to be in here shortly. I'm furious with Goo. You've got something that will uh, shake uh, Steiny to his core. Um, all of those things coming up in moments. But if you did miss Buster Olney ESPN, a few interesting nuggets, including what he said about why the Giants did not end up with Aaron Judge. I really think it came down to whether or not the Yankees came out from behind their bunker with a white flag with Judge and said, okay, you're right, we're wrong, we'll give you whatever you want. If the if the Giants had separated themselves, say you know they were at 360 and the Yankees had offered 250, 280, I, I think Judge would have gone to the Giants. Hmm. Um, but what I got back the other day was they really enjoyed the meeting with Judge last week. They thought he was earnest. And I, I absolutely, knowing him too, I, I think he was, but I think where the numbers fell with the Yankees, if the, if the Giants were to actually have a shot, I think they would have had to offer him $450 million north of that. They would have had to separate themselves in a big way in order to coax him, to, you know, coax him out, of, out of New York. What's your reaction to that, by the way, when you hear that? Because I know there are fans who are like, then do it! Exactly, then do it. <laughs> is, 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 was that your reaction, too? Yeah, and the more I think about it in terms of what Buster Olney has said, and, you know, Bonte and Guru and many others have said, you should have just started at $400 million. You should have come in and said, 10 and 400 here you go, that's our starting point. That's our offer, instead of coming in low. And I understand negotiations, and you and I both do. You don't come in at that level at your final offer. However, if Buster's saying that 450 is what it would have taken, then maybe you should have come in with 10 and 400 and wow. said to the Yankees, all right, Yankees, <laughs> go ahead and match it. Because, Mark, you and I have had this conversation now for weeks, if not months. Ticket prices aren't going down. The average price last year was $39 a ticket, and that's for every seat at, at every game. Parking is expensive. Food and beer is expensive. Everything in the Bay Area is so expensive. So 
get Aaron Judge for $450 million. It's not like the crab sandwich, the price is going to go down if they don't sign a big free agent. Yeah, but that, that's $50 million a year. Nine years, $450 million. That's $50 million a not year. Not my money. Get, well, right, right. Right, but it does. It there is a trickle down effect. Like when when he says Fine, that, but they're going to pass that on to the us anyway as the consumers, no matter what that price is. I, I mean, I, I guess to a degree, I don't foresee the Giants coming home with a big.